Hello and welcome to another episode of Last Week in Localization, the show where we talk about the latest from the area of localization uh, when it comes to research, events, news or anything else you should know when uh, you're working in the localization industry. Um, I'm your host Sarah Hickey and today with me I have one of my favorite colleagues, uh, Gabriel Karandyshovsky, our CEO. <laughs> Hi Gabe. Hey Sarah, great to be here again. We're making a habit out of this, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we're just too into ourselves, you know. Well. <laughs> yeah, might be. might be. Great to be here. Yeah, good to have you again and uh, thanks for joining me once more. I appreciate it. Um, I mean, I feel like at this stage people already know you, but in case um, somebody doesn't know you yet, uh, give us a super brief introduction uh, to who you are and what you do at NIMSI. Yeah, sure, sure. All right. Um, I'm the COO at, uh, at NIMSI. Uh, that means uh, practically making sure the trains run on time. So helping our team of researchers and writers deliver the the latest and greatest in in markets intelligence to many of our different clients um yeah i yeah short and sweet nice thank you <clears throat> and um sorry what are we um talking about today yes uh localization audits um so we we thought this is a this is a good time to be talking about auditing a localization program and Bear in mind, this is a very uh, language services buyer type of problem, but the but the sort of takeaways from this can apply also to LSPs, I feel. And why are we talking about localization audits other than uh, NIMSI publishing recently some content around it and still <laughs> to publish some more content this week around mm -hmm. it? Um, it's it is topical um there are and and especially you know after the eight, last 18 months and i'm not gonna say the c word but uh, <laughs> with all that has been going on right and the profound changes that and the profound impact that has had on operations of companies um now just might be the time to review where the company is at where the localization program is at because you have all these you have trends such as digital transformation. So with all that has happened, a lot of, a lot of digital channels that opened, a lot of online interactions with brands and their customers, um, and everything is moving at an extremely rapid pace. So from the concrete tactics that brands have when it comes to user acquisition, how to grow their international presence, what kind of language technology they, they have in their technology stack, there's a lot of moving parts to this and uh, and quite a few companies that we've been talking to are in the process of reviewing their setup mm -hmm. um, and yeah from there you know it, it isn't far to to doing a proper deep dive localization audit of sorts mm -hmm. okay cool um, yeah I mean the I'm not gonna say the C word but I will say the P word the pandemic uh, changed uh, a lot um, I mean, it, it changed things and it also didn't change things. It definitely accelerated things, though, and exposed blind spots. So I guess that's also where, you know, it's a good time to do an audit uh, to see where you're, where you're at with your company, with your localization program. Um, it, it's always a good time to do it, but probably especially now it's a good time to do it to see um, what you can do better, what you're already doing well, what you might want to add, right? Um, mm. So, yeah, tell us a little bit more about what happens maybe during the localization audit. 
Oh yeah, there's there, there's a lot of things here, right? So let, let's start with a sort of a brief definition that tries to encompass all that there is to a localization audits. And really, we're we're talking about the type of exercise that is really a deep dive into all the dependencies of the of the localization or translation program at a at a at company of various sizes. So looking at elements of what are the workflows and the processes to get something translated to to the supply chain, how it's set up, um, what are the technical components of that localization program, what are the different dependencies between the localization program, the providers, and other internal teams, so from marketing to product to UX design. Um, there's a lot of different players who have a stake in localization operations. Um, so the audit is, a, is, is an exercise that is designed to kind of deconstruct this whole sort of like you peel back the, the layers of an onion, you know, and there's all, you know, there's a myriad dependencies. So uh, that's, that's what we, we call this process. And, you know, when you hear the word audit, even before I entered this industry, I was imagining these big firms like Deloitte and company, right, coming in with a bunch of people in suits and like, you know, looking at your accounts and whatnot. And, and that's practically it. Only here we're talking about really the language related operations mm -hmm. at, at any, any given company. Um, so, you know, there are a lot of parts to it, I would say. You know, um, at the same time, um, one thing that holds true, and this is uh, even in our experience here at NIMSI having helped clients through uh, this type of exercise is that there's not one audit that resembles another. Mm. Uh, an important thing to keep in mind here is that different companies will have different objectives, different goals um, in or different markets they are present in. So the, the, the things that will go there will vary from company to company, of course. Mm -hmm. So that is, that is the definition, really. Um, and uh, there's also an element here, and going back to the, the mention of the Deloitte and, and of the world, there might be sort of a negative connotation here. Like, what does that conjure to you, Sarah? You hear the word audits. Does yeah, that, yeah. you know? Initially, it reminds me of um, when it was my previous job and we occasionally had auditors coming in and everyone was kind of like walking on their tiptoes that day, you know, putting on the best behavior and uh, everything had to be proper. And, you know, it's a lot of, um, you know, conjures up ideas of, of compliance a lot for me, mostly, to be honest, if I mm. think of audits. And, you know, you don't want to, uh, be found to have made some kind of mistake that you weren't even aware that happened, you know, because you're trying your best not to do those mix mistakes and to be compliant with everything. And you're like crossing your fingers that that is the case, you know, and that you won't be like, I don't know, fined or yeah. So exactly. Fairly yeah. negative uh, connotations initially. Yes. True. True. <laughs> True. Th there may be fears associated with this, right? But also the, uh, the, the points we, we are making when, when talking to different people is that there's a lot of positive in here, but because on one hand, of course, it's an opportunity to drill down to, you know, the, the very basic components of, of the program, what is working, what is not working, what are the blind spots, or maybe uncover inefficiencies mm -hmm. that that and people just don't think about because they're so focused on their day-to-day -day delivering of their work that sometimes they may lose the big picture, you know, view yeah. of things. Um, so it's it's about finding the finding out the details where they are but 
it's also about highlighting the good stuff the company is doing you know it, mm. sometimes what you need is a pat on the back and someone telling you like yeah this part of the process is good you know mm. you're doing actually something really good here and comparing that with the best practices that that are happening in the industry yeah so it's a combination of yeah positive and negative in a way also i would say that's a very good point there as well um coming back to what you you said a while ago there you know we all get kind of used to working in a certain way you know and mm -hmm. we might think oh yeah the way i'm doing it is is working well for me and for the company you know i don't get any complaints and you know i mean we all get complaints eventually i guess but you know generally we're doing very well and you're happy with where you are but um, on the one hand, then, you know, yeah, this can be a, a pitfall because, you know, you get too comfortable with the way you're working and you may overlook um, certain efficiencies that you can uh, improve on, um, which, you know, talking about the, the, the negative side or in the ultimately, of course, positive side, if you can get those efficiencies going then through a localization audit. But on the other hand, also um, what you said, you know, you might just need a pat on the back and, uh, you know, a localization audit that way can also, I guess, be a way to um, almost like benchmark yourself, right, against the exactly. uh, best practices in the industry. And that's always a good thing to do, too, and to know that you are on top of the uh, current standards in the industry or like leading the way and, you know, that you're on track with what you're doing as well. That is also an important uh, confirmation, I think, to get. Absolutely. I, I think in a sort of a, circling back to something that we mentioned plenty of times on different occasions or even in this chat and one of the previous ones was how dynamic our industry is, mm -hmm. you know, uh, the um, the ways brands and consumers interact and the, the, the things that brands need to do to appeal to the to those audiences. That's so much so very dynamic. You know, it almost changes yeah. from day to day in some cases, you know, depending on the latest TikTok challenge or what have you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there, it, 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 the risk is if you're stuck in, a, in, in, in with tunnel vision, you know, we're just doing things for a prolonged time in a certain way, you may be missing out on, on things, right? Like you may be missing out on the latest piece of technology. So I, I think in, in our industry more than any other, or rather knowing just my our industry, right? It's easy for me to say, but <laughs> it, it pays off to to sort of periodically get back and like redraw your ideas and your mm -hmm. vision. Like, okay, are we still on course to um, hit the company's objectives? Are we still doing what we can or can we do better? Are there areas to improve? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Because in, I, w I would say it's fair to say not just in our industry, but in general in the world we live in, you need to constantly evolve and change and make sure you're up to date because it's kind of the world is moving so quickly and basically revolving around you so quickly that if you stand still, you, you fall back, you know. So, I mean, that's just the way it is these days. Absolutely. Uh, so what, what we're talking about here, like doing an audit, it, it sounds like an awful lot of work, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it uh, does, like, actually. You come in with, like, yeah. oh, yeah, let's deconstruct, you know, like we don't have anything better to do. Let's do this, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, we're so bored. So, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. We don't have anything else to do. Um, so um, true. Uh, this may not be, you know, the most judicious decision to make if you're, you know, you're, you're the head of translation or head of localization, and you you want to go through through this process, which can take a couple of months or maybe even three mm -hmm. months. Um, you may be again too uh, in, focused on the day to day, and you don't you may not have the perspective to take a step back and observe what it is that you're doing. Yeah. 
Um, so the the way you do this, uh, you invite people to help you with it. So you know you can invite Deloitte, of course, right? Uh, that's going to probably cost you a pretty penny, um, or you can invite other auditors uh, to to do the job or other analysts. Um, like Nimsy. So, like Nimsy, right? Uh, subliminal messaging uh, moments here. That's uh, uh, true. That's so, true. You know. Yeah, exactly. So this is the type of thing we we help our our, our clients with, um, and uh, then it's a then it's a process, right? Uh, and we'll we'll get to that in a second probably. But let's let's kind of focus on maybe the reasons that mm -hmm. you want to have this audit. Uh, exactly. There may be multiple of them. I think we should talk both about uh, some of the common uh, pitfalls that can happen at localization in localization departments uh, or maybe when you don't do a localization audit um, every now and again. And then also about the, the benefits, like the real benefits that you can gain from doing a localization audit. Which one you want to start with? Um, let's let's talk about the the, the warning signs that okay. this might be a this might be a good thing for you, right? Okay, we work so ourselves let's, back let's... from the, the scenario, uh, from the initial one to the to the positive outcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Tell us so the let's story. let's take let's take a crack at that. So, um, that there's a change in the leadership of the company. So and that can happen, you know, more or less frequently. Mm -hmm. uh, there might be a new head of operations, a new CEO coming in. So uh, those can be situations where um, they come in, that person comes in with a new vision or uh, a new mandate to redistribute, uh, you know, either, either monetary or resources or human resources of the company. And there might be a change in strategies and objectives. So this might be all a good time to uh, sort of take stock of what you have and and prove and demonstrate via the outcome of this effort program is helping company the company advance towards those goals and also um, achieve that alignment with the with the changing strategic goals so one of those situations where this can be a good thing to go through is mm -hmm. another one and I mean, we have 12 of these, right? So I, I, I will be probably selective here and our readers or the listeners can, can tune in for our contents, right? So on our webpage, yeah, but exactly. another, another example might be where the company is present in a handful of markets. So, so you're doing 37 languages already, you're in, in 52 markets, you think you've got this covered. But uh, uh, there's always a few extra million or even dozens of million of people you can reach in those existing markets. Mm -hmm. So you, probably, you know, like when, when you look at international, it could be a situation where you're at a standstill, like you're present in those markets, but you're not, you know, the engagement is not progressing, let's mm -hmm. say, so you're, you're sort of stuck. So in that case, it might be good to take a look at, okay, how are we doing this? Are we addressing the users in those countries the right way? What are the types of content? How do we localize them? Mm -hmm. So that's that's another sort of situation where you can, or you, you might be thinking about uh, going through this, going through this exercise. Um, and, I'll, and I'll mention a, a few more here because the, you know, the list is quite long, but uh, <laughs> another, another impetus might be, Company competition does. 
so you see that you get the feeling that our competition is doing more. They are starting to pull ahead. There's more, there's more languages that they do. They are more dynamic, or they, mm -hmm. you know, are present in more channels and with more types of content. Um, looking at what the neighbor envious of that can be a good impulse to also take a look at what it is that you that you want to achieve. Yeah, that can be a good driver. Um, yeah, yeah, and there, there's also these. I mean, again, there's a few few more of these, right? Like, <laughs> for example, a process where everything is very manual, uh, so there's not a lot of automation in place. You want to review the, the setup. Can we, uh, if a person is taking um, one hour to send a file for translation to the vendor? And this needs to be uh, done by eight additional or seven additional people on your team who are spending an hour each every day to do this. You're already losing uh, one full day of productivity by someone. That's true. So yeah. it, there are warning signs, and um, it's the one one key element that, that has been coming up in our also internal discussions but when working with our clients is this whole process of doing an audit it's about proactivity mm -hmm. you, you want to get ahead of the game you want to um you know correct your course before it snowballs and uh this becomes a problem mm -hmm. this becomes unmanageable uh, because you know next week you'll get a mandate to add 16 new languages and or 35 new markets to the to the roster. Um, so before you do that, you want to make sure that you're doing things correctly. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, yeah, really multiple reasons here uh, to to do this. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And I, I like what you said about the proactivity as well that you you know, it's you know, it's ideally don't wait until it's already late when you know, shit has already hit the fan, you want to get there beforehand to make sure your ship will continue to, you know, float smoothly through the ocean. I don't know. This was a bad metaphor, but you know what I mean? That uh, the it trains works. run it smoothly. Works. I guess that's a better yeah. one. It, it, um, exactly. There you go. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, um, so then what are the, I mean, this already is hinting, of course, a lot at the doing the um, localization audit. So um, what the benefits are, um, but maybe uh, just in a few other words, again, what kind of output come can someone look forward to when they do a localization audit like what would be the benefits right so um, at the end of this process there, there, there are multiple things here and I, and, and uh, some of these I part of the, the nature of this work is a certain level of unpredictability like mm -hmm. if if, uh, if us as auditors are going into it, we don't necessarily know what, what is going to happen. So there, there are these steps of talking to all the stakeholders, assessing what the structure is like. We, you know, talking to the members of the localization team, but also talking to, to uh, members of the marketing team or the content teams or even the, the vendors that the, that the company is working with. And there's, there's always, you know, kind of more that you unpack and that, uh, that you find out during this process. But the outcomes here are, uh, and, and I think one of the, the key ones is aligning the strategy for localization with the company's overarching goals. Mm -hmm. This yeah. is a, the, the, the outcome and the, typically that that's just a badass report, that a written <laughs> report that, that comes out of it is 
it's a good tool to use in those internal discussions when the the leaders of the localization team are talking to stakeholders or leaders of the other departments like look these are the good things we've been doing we've been getting by uh we've done a lot of things a lot of good things but there's a lot more or that we can do or we can do things more efficiently that can lead to these outcomes so uh but then again what what is in the report is there's the parts that we call a gap analysis where we you know go through what is happening what is the process and we identify what are the blind spots where are the gaps in the program and then there's the second part of it is the recommendation what we usually just refer to as recommendations for future growth like mm -hmm. how can the localization program grow um so uh, and and these two elements combine to give a sort of holistic picture here and that then can and what we've heard is the, the from from the people we work with is they can use in those uh, discussions where they're trying to achieve internal alignment. Mm -hmm. It's not just, a, it's not necessarily about getting more money for localization or approving a new hire, but making sure that the, the localization, the language program is positioned as a enabler for growth within the company. Mm -hmm. um, that's the, that's one of the, the, the key objectives here. So essentially, it's there to improve your efficiencies internally, um, make sure um, you're working in a way best practices up to current standards. So maybe not the tail end of it, but I, I get the I get the gist. Um, there, there's a there's a few things I, I would like to add here on, sure. on top of that is uh, um, this is this is an opportunity going through this process of doing a localization audit isn't is. In, is is an opportunity to to dive deep into things that that may not be working. Mm -hmm. um, what are what are those what are those pain points? Um, in the end, if one of the potential outcomes for this is identifying to, together with the help of the experts what it is that you can do to um, rectify the situation or improve the situation. This can also lead to tangible, let's say, monetary outcomes, like you just save money, you know, mm -hmm. uh, by removing a certain inefficiency or plugging the gap in with with a certain type of technology. Um, you uh, save yourselves the hassle of needing to hire someone or you know, or onboard the new technology vendor or whatever it is. So in the medium and long run, this can generate cost saving as well going mm -hmm. through this process. So that, that, is, that is, I feel, a, a, another valid point. And maybe, a, maybe the last one is, I'm kind of going back to the initial idea that we talked about the whole you know, get, get out of your tunnel and, and get, try to get perspective. It's, it's also an opportunity to be exposed to new ideas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, get get some perspective from outside. It doesn't mean that you need to implement it, but it gives you food for thought. Right. Yeah. Uh, what what it is that you can do with your with your operations. Yeah, it's always good to get a um, fresh perspective because you know, again, we all tend to get uh, tunnel vision eventually. Um, you know, um, so it's always good to have somebody else come in, take a look at what you're doing, and offer a different perspective. So I'm going to be repetitive because I don't know um, on which side the glitch was and who heard what. So just to make sure we don't skip this very important part and just uh, correct me if I'm wrong with that. But just uh, so the benefits would be yeah, improving your efficiencies, um, potential cost savings, getting a fresh perspective, 
then um what else did i say um long-term growth um there was one other i mentioned earlier that already skipped like flew out of my head now um it might come back better, to me eventually better alignment of oh of, yeah uh, and making sure work. you're working like the with the best practices and are up to industry standards and then ultimately um to reach your end users better in the different markets but also position yourself better internally um you know to on the one hand um justify uh, your the ri of localization better i guess or um mm. and also just have a better cooperation across the different teams because ultimately that is what it's there for as well right to uh, the localization department is supporting uh, the other teams or should be working closely with other teams like you mentioned like with the marketing team for example uh, sometimes also mm. product de development or you know different um, departments within an enterprise yeah, absolutely, and this is a this is a real real struggle for for a lot of uh, managers of localization programs is trying to move localization from something that is considered you know, sort of post facto at the end of the the food chain uh, an afterthought and moving it further upstream uh, because localization does have a role to play in 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 areas such as product design or designing the user experience for the for the company's target audiences. And and I feel like this is sort of the holy grail of a lot of uh, localization professionals is being integrated and seen as a, as a strategic element of, of the company's growth. Yeah, exactly. I mean, ideally, like, unfortunately, at many companies, localization is more of an afterthought like you said it's considered at the very end when everything else has already been decided where as from what we've seen also from our lessons in localization some of the most um, successful companies and successful localization departments um, they have a better cooperation with the other departments in a company and are more involved or ideally directly involved at the very beginning so that localization can be factored in from the onset when uh, a new product or service is being considered and developed and that localization is considered throughout the entire process. Absolutely. And, and you would think that uh, some of the, some of the long, uh, long running localization programs have, have all of this figured out, but it's, it's, a, it's a lot of work. And um, sometimes the, the merits of bringing in the outside perspective is you, you get that someone telling you, like we mentioned this, right? But mm -hmm. for the sake of repeating, uh, you get that sort of seal of approval in a way that yes, what you're doing is up to standards. You're you know you're using the best best tech for you, not mm -hmm. the best tech ever, but the best tech suited for your purposes, um, and all the different areas that are that are usually covered, and what are what are the the the, the ways you can build on that, build mm -hmm. on that foundation, uh, and that that is valid even for the for the most mature localization programs out there. Um, who have been doing this for 50 years, you know, mm -hmm. all of a sudden they may want to go through uh, a centralization efforts of uh, reducing their number of vendors from 50 to three. Um, mm -hmm. And that's that's the perfect opportunity to to take a look at this, uh, what it is that they're doing. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned something else and that was um, technology. And I think you mentioned this at the very beginning as well of our conversation today. Um, 
of course, technology is is a part of it usually, right? That we, if you do a localization audit, that you also look at that factor, and that alone is a is a big challenge because, I mean, our language technology atlas uh, um, for this year is coming out very soon, and um, it just highlights again how many different language technologies there are on the market. It's really overwhelming and i would say that no localization department can know them all inside out and know exactly which one is uh, best for them usually they've been working with one for a while that might work well for them and some decide to stay with that but others might be interested to see what else is out there and if they can find a technology that's even better for them that can again help to streamline efficiencies or offer just something completely different new features um, that helps the company that they haven't even considered before and this is something that can also be addressed in a localization audit absolutely uh, it's it depends on the scope of course so, uh, and and some of this as i as i alluded to you don't necessarily know what you're getting into when you start mm -hmm. So usually what happens is this can lead to byproducts in, in the sense that uh, so the, the, the auditors or the experts, they, they talk to the, the tech personnel, the localization engineers or the or the head of internationalization and such. And um, this may lead to, to elements such as the realization of, OK, maybe we need to change our TMS because this TMS is we have a bunch of different content management systems and this TMS is not addressing the needs of there's a content team, the marketing team, and and they are trying to, uh, you know, fit a square peg in a round hole, kind of with with the TMS we have right now, and we're spending all of all of this time on you know, maintaining the connectors and what have you, whereas there there is a different solution. So that mm -hmm. can lead to you know follow up efforts there. Um, and again, that sounds like a lot of work, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, but in most cases, I would say, well, that's where you hire a company like like us who comes in and does the work for you mostly. I mean, of course, it's in cooperation always with the company. So there is some work still for the company. <laughs> Not that there is zero because it can only happen in a cooperation. Um, but still, that's why you bring someone else in. Yeah, I, I think a, an important distinction to make here is that when we were going through this ourselves is we weren't pointing things out for the sake of pointing things out, mm -hmm. right? It's not like, oh, uh, your prices with lender X are so much higher or lower than the market rate and you may want to do something about it. Um, it wasn't to to artificially create challenges for, for, uh, for the company to address. And, and I guess, I, you know, implicitly that is the fine line that, that external auditors need to tread. It's not about, um, you, you need to remain objective. And you do that by uh, getting as much perspectives as possible throughout the process. So typically we're looking at several dozens of hours of interviews mm -hmm. with, with different people. And you're talking to people who don't, who, who are not uh, involved day to day with localization, who have completely different challenges and objectives like the head of marketing or the CTO. So you want to, to get their perspective um, and also the perspective of the vendor or multiple vendors or the project managers from the vendor side, not just the account manager uh, mm -hmm. that, that interfaces with, uh, with the client, but or even the translators in some cases for those um, for those teams that that have a direct relationship with with the translators, um, so you want to multiply these these points of feedback to to then combine the mosaic really and have a sort of impartial look at it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's a very good point to um, include 
all the different perspectives from the different stakeholders really to then get that holistic picture and make an informed decision or a recommendation more like yeah so and and this can this this is a long process and that's maybe something that you know we combine with the perception of oh there's never enough time for this um just too much work um there are solutions to it of course um but it's it is it is vital and some of the feedback we've received uh, for, for those that we have done uh at nimsy is it's an eye-opener um you you learn a ton as well like if you're a new localization manager who just joined the company and the pro program has been running for seven eight years it's a good way to uh to take stock of the situation mm -hmm. uh and uh, understand you know give you the give you the tools to to make changes to and empower you to make those decisions by by having all the all of these insights all of this data so yeah yeah i like that part as well what you're saying about uh, empowering people then to also um you know, um, make these changes, um, drive basically more um, or better, like informed uh, decisions as well about how to proceed in their program. So because you're not just, you know, going with what has already been there, but you have a whole lot of information after you have a direction, um, you have information that you can pull and recommendations so that you're set up in a whole different way. Absolutely. And and again, going back to the fact of this this fluid uh, environment we're in, where it's very dynamic, and uh, and there's there's a vision to to practically anything that you know we do, whether that's on a company wide level or on a on a department level, there's always there's different visions, and uh, the the vision for localization as being a key component of the international growth of the company is is wanting or is making sure that it's in line with with what the company does or and them and if not then demonstrating what what are the benefits of the things that that the localization team does this is one of the ways that this can be achieved giving giving uh, the the necessarily fuel to to drive those internal discussions and, and it can be a very powerful tool mm -hmm. yeah absolutely Okay, uh, I feel like we covered a lot of ground. Um, I learned a lot, so thank you. <laughs> um, is there anything else that we haven't discussed yet that we should talk about when it comes to localization audits? Oh, I, I think we covered a lot of grounds and maybe we can reserve some of that for for uh, for part two somewhere down the line, right? Yes, um, that sounds yeah. good. Do we have any comments or questions? I'm curious. Uh, good question. I actually am having trouble pulling them up right now, so I'm oh. sorry. Um, I'm fairly new to running these myself, um, so there are going to be mistakes or uh, errors, and this is one of them today. Um, but I'll be happy, or we will be happy to address any questions or comments uh, in written form on uh, LinkedIn or wherever you're following us. So um, yeah, or reach out to us directly as well if you want to have a conversation about this. Um, you can reach out to uh, Gabe or to me or to anyone at NIMSY really. Uh, through our various channels, so don't be shy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We can. We're we're here to help, and we we are not shy answering questions for sure. So. Definitely not. Okay, Gabe. Any parting words or? Um. Yeah, maybe. Let me think real quickly. Um, it's it, it is a it is a lot of work, and again, I'm kind of drifting back towards it. And it it and there's never a good time for this. Uh, there's never a good time. There's never enough budget for for 
taking taking a seat back, taking a step back, let someone in, come up, come with a blank slate to deconstruct what it is that you're doing. And 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 there's also fear in in going through this, like fear of being told by someone you don't know that this is uh, this is what you should be doing or offering recommendations. But there's there's an awful lot of benefits here. Um, so yeah, just uh, talk talk to the right people, get the perspectives, and it's it's certainly something that is a tool in in any localization programs toolbox uh, doing an audit. So yeah, there we go. Parting words. <laughs> Perfect. I actually see that there are some comments there now. Uh, someone saying this is very good. So thank you very much. I'm really glad you enjoyed you. it. Someone else saying hello. Hello there. Um, and uh, yeah, I was going to have you have the last word, but uh, I can't resist to make one more comment um, before we sign off. And that is, you were saying it's never a good time uh, and, you know, there might be budget concerns and all that. If the pandemic, and I mentioned it again, um, has shown us anything from our research as well, is that there were many, um, for a lot of companies, the pandemic acted as an accelerator. We've said that before. Um, mm. Because there were projects, maybe like this one, yeah, like, oh, eventually we should do a localization audit or, oh, eventually we should increase our digital presence or eventually we should add uh, remote interpreting to our portfolio. But it wasn't really a priority. But then once the pandemic hit, this exactly became the priority and that was the make or break for some companies. So the ones who had done this, they like raced ahead of everybody else. They were prepared. Even without knowing that the pandemic was coming, they were just prepared because they had already done all that stuff. With the other ones then mm. had to struggle to catch up on those internal projects and, you know, eventually managed to. But, you know, they were already a little bit behind at that stage then. So I'm thinking when it comes to that is, <laughs> it's always good reason to do a localization audit. But I feel like especially looking at the last year, I would also say don't put off those internal projects that you've mm. been putting off for a while where you feel like eventually it'll be good for us to do this. Do them now because you just don't know what's going to happen. It's already good for you now, no matter what. But especially if something else happens again, I mean, I hope not, but <laughs> you never know. You know, this might be uh, what makes the difference for your company. Well said. Nothing to add. Okay. Well, with that, uh, we're signing off for the day. Thank you so much for the conversation. I enjoyed it, Gabe, as always. Thank you, as usual. Yeah, <laughs> and thanks, everyone, for watching. And uh, we'll see you next week for another episode.